Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Ephesians 5.31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Here he describes the marriage between a husband and wife as being a living picture of the mystery of Christ in the church. And it's no wonder then that marriage uh, and the family unit itself has been so under attack because there's nothing the devil hates more than the Lord in the church. Is something he lost, something he'll never have, and we are the apple of his eye. <laughs> we are the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. And he is our perfect head, our perfect husband, our perfect Lord. Is it true, saints? And so, there's been so much watering down of what a marriage and a family ought to be. There's been so much convolution, so much of the world has gotten in that in many cases it's not portraying Christ in the church. It's not even, people don't enter into marriage seriously. We have more and more people that just don't see the point at all. And, and it's because of not understanding, not, not knowing God, not understanding that he's a covenant God and that marriage is a covenant and uh, understanding what love is. Many people think love is a feeling. And so if the feeling changes, the love changed. And so they fall in love and they fall out of love and they act like they're helpless pawns. Well, if I love them, I love them. And, you know, if I love somebody else's spouse, I can't help it. And, and if I quit loving them next year, well, that's you, you, can't, you can't help who you fall in love with. These are not scriptures. These are contrary to scriptures. This is just living fleshly, being dominated by your flesh. No, love, God is love. And born again, people have a love of God in us. And we've got the Holy Spirit who can enable us to overcome our flesh. Hallelujah. And keep our word. And keep covenant. And have something that our, uh, our children can be born into. That's safe and secure. And help them to grow up secure and strong. Oh, there are so many problems that people are having. Children and youth are having because of not having a home. Don't know who they are. Don't know what they are. Then they got the world telling them something they should not even be listening to. It, it is such a mess. 
And of course, that's what the enemy had in mind all the time when he went for the destruction of marriage. But as uh, they were singing about, in order to have a marriage, it takes two. Is that right? In order to have a good marriage, it definitely takes two. Takes two. In uh, talking about this, let's go also over to Ecclesiastes. They'll put it up on the screen for us. Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, it says two are better than one. Really? Because they have a good reward for their labor. The Living Bible says two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. For the results can be much better. Now that's an interesting way to say it, isn't it? Two can accomplish more than twice as much. Oh, there's all kind of uh, words have been invented in the business and corporate world, especially synergy. Uh, one plus one equals three. You know, talking about when we put our resources together, we become much more and can produce much more than the addition of both of our efforts together. You working as hard as you can work and me working as hard as we, I can work would accomplish so much. But if we worked together, we could accomplish more than either one of us put together. This is true. And it's certainly true where marriage is concerned. And it's what God had in mind. It's his plan that what's in your spouse brings out what's in you. I'm talking about good things. And what's in you brings out, well, I guess it depends on what you're yielding to, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you're yielding to bad stuff, it could bring out the bad stuff in them. So don't do that. But. If you're yielding to the good things that are in you, it will inspire the good things that are in them that would not have, uh, they wouldn't have operated in that level of it except for their association with you. And you wouldn't have operated in that level of it except for your association with them. I'm seeing a lot of amen and nodding heads. Of married people that have been specially that have been married. Is that true married people that have been married any length of time? And you've had at least some good days. <laughs> brother Osteen, the senior, Brother Joel's father, who's going home to be with the Lord now. He, he got it one time and said uh, that he and Miss Doty were, uh, Osteen, were celebrating their wedding anniversary. And he said 14 years of Heaven on earth. So I said, 14? He said, yeah, 14 out of 25 ain't too bad. He said. <laughs> well, anybody that's been married for any length of time, living in this world, having flesh, has uh, had some issues. And people that, you know, like these folks that stood up and we've celebrated that they had 
50 years of marriage and over 60 years of marriage. These are not people who've never had any challenges. But they are people who came through those challenges. They made it through them. And God's no respecter of persons. If he helped them through them, he'll help you through them. He'll help me through them. And a lot of times people, you know, they've broken off relationships and broken off relationships. And, and they keep trying again. And uh, we've, people have made mistakes. But uh, if you don't get fixed uh, that was wrong back on time number one, it's going to still be wrong time number four. And uh, it's just uh, foolish to compare what you know to something you don't know. A lot of people have fantasy ideas. Uh, Young people that haven't been married, they have fantasy ideas about what marriage would be. And um, I know I was counseling some folks one time and and, uh, she exclaimed to her husband, they've been married just, I don't know, a few months and And she said, well, he doesn't treat me like, I think it was Rob, treats so-and-so. And so so I looked at him. He looked at me exasperated. I said, who's Rob? He said, Brother Keith, it's this guy on a soap opera. (laughs) Well, then he's not even Rob. Right? And they're not even married. And they do the scene. The director yells, cut. And they go back to their trailer, probably both of them working on their eighth relationship in the past 15 years. Come on, y'all with me. Don't compare something that's real to something that's total fantasy. But this, the enemy has been so successful luring people away from something that's real into something that's not real. And only too late do they find out trying to make this fantasy happen, and they realize that's not real life. That's not how you're going to live day in and day out and week after week and month after month and year after year. And if things are not as exciting as you'd like for them to be, who said they couldn't become exciting? All things are possible to him that believes. Is it too hard for God? It's not too hard for God. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement on that. He said two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. The results can be much better. The New Living Translation says it like this. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. They can help each other succeed. We are married people. We're on the same side. We're on the same team. I want you to say this out loud. And we're going to talk more about it. You'll see why I said it. But say it out loud. My spouse, My spouse is, not is not the enemy. My spouse is not the enemy. We're on the same side. Maybe it looked like somebody stumbled with that a little bit. Everybody, everybody, now just say it by faith. Faith will even call those things that be not as though they were. Is that right? Say it out loud. My spouse spouse is not the enemy. enemy. 
We're on the same side. We're on the same side. If we're on the same side, I'm supposed to be helping you. You're supposed to be helping me. We're on the same side. Got the same goals. We're going to the same place. Right? There should be no competition and there should be no struggling. No, no wrestling with each other and no competition. Now, do you know why I would say that? Boy, there's a lot of competition in people in their marriage. Oh, man. I've seen it over and over and over again. Husbands and wives, maybe out with other people. One's trying to show the other up in this or show the other up in that. Correct them in this, correct them in that. Wives, if you wind up making your husband look dumb, you just hurt yourself. Because he's your husband. Is that right? (laughs) Men, if you make your wife look bad in public, you just hurt yourself. Is that right? She's your wife. She's your glory. If you diminish her light, you diminished your own glory. It's really idiocy. It is. To it's deception and confusion to attack your spouse and put your spouse down and, and not realize that's part of me. I'm doing that to myself. Come on, can you see this? Say it out loud again. My spouse, my spouse is, not is not the enemy. We're on the same side. We're on the same side. I was able to see a, a movie here a while back. Not, just not too many days ago, actually. Uh, it was worked out. We were there and it was coming on. and It was at uh, Captain America. What was it? Civil War. Captain America. Anybody seen that? At Captain America. Civil War. I reckon it was well made. Boy, a lot of action. But I didn't like it. Captain America was fighting Iron Man. And they're fighting, I don't know, half a dozen of them. They're fighting each other. Tore up half the town. Tore up some perfectly good airplanes. I didn't like that. (laughs) Just beat each other to a pulp while the enemy's making away with all kind of stuff. I thought, this is nuts. This is nuts. This is crazy. And while I was thinking about it, the Lord dealt with me about marriage meetings. He said, it is nuts. It is nuts. We're fighting each other while the enemy is getting away with everything. Can you see this? Now, has this been happening? I'm not talking about you raising your hand personal testimony, but this has been happening all over the place. I don't even need to ask you. Virtually everyone in here. Every married couple in here, you have yielded to the enemy and fought each other instead of taking sides together and resisting the devil. That's it. Thank you, Lord. And if you do that, you're playing right into his hands. I believe scripture indicates that the devil laughs. Yeah. 
at us while we fight each other because he lured us into it and we didn't even we we decide each other is the problem and it's him. We don't even have enough discernment nor awareness to realize who our enemy is. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Say it again, my spouse is not the enemy. They're not the devil. They're not the adversary. We're on the same side. We're on the same side. If we really believed this and we're aware of it, and we're going to touch on this, I think, in just a moment, but we'd recognize it before we went into all-out fights. We'd recognize what's going on and we'd stop. And we'd say, you're not the enemy. It might help you just to look at each other and go, you're not the enemy. (laughs) We know who the enemy is. (laughs) It's quiet, but we're making good progress. Everything doesn't have to be real loud to be powerful and effective. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. We're on the same side. On the same team. On the same side. Yeah, that bothered me the whole time I was watching that. Captain America punching Iron Man. Iron Man beating up Captain America. I thought, you guys are crazy. Quit it. There's a bad guy. He's getting away. It's crazy. It's not like we have enough problems. People that should be allies fighting each other, using their superpowers against each other. Well, God has given us superpowers. Super means above, above human ability. We've been given divine abilities in us, and they're called graces. And they're not the same. Your spouse's graces are different from your graces. And what God has joined together, don't let any man, anything, anybody separate. So that that would tell you right away, if that's what God's will is, what does the enemy set out to do? Separate. Separate what God has joined. Why? Because two of what God has joined will accomplish much more than individually because of this combined anointing, combined grace, one inspiring the other. One enhancing the other. This is true in ministry. I know uh, having uh, had the privilege of working with other ministers. I know Phyllis and I worked with the Hagans, Kenneth Hagan, Miss Aretha Hagan Sr. for many years. And uh, I know first learning about ministering in the spirit, he would minister something. And then he'd call on me sometimes, Keith, do you have anything to go with this? And, and maybe I didn't. But when he would start talking about something or start prophesying, it'd stir something up in me. 
And then I'd begin to give it out. And then sometimes I'd see he'd take off again. And then it'd stir me up even more. I've had the same thing happen with other ministers. Brother Copeland and, and others. That's what happens when anointings overlap. And when graces combine. Oh, hallelujah. I'm saying some things I don't think I've ever said. Anointings overlap. And graces combine. Well, this is supposed to happen in every godly marriage. Every godly marriage. And one of the things that's necessary for it to happen is you have to value the gift. If two people don't respect each other and don't respect what God has called them or or put on them or put in them, then they treat each other as common and insignificant. You won't have this. The, The scripture said treat each other better Esteem each other rather better than yourself. And if you'll do that, it will cause to come out of them what they didn't even realize was in them. And then that'll inspire you. And then your inspiration will inspire them even more. Can you see this, friends? This is why this two can be better than one. It's how it can produce more and the reward be greater. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go with me, please, to, uh, to Matthew. We'll do it like this. Actually, go to Mark. This is in both places, but let's look at Mark's version of it. Mark 3. Our marriages, our homes, are supposed to be tastes of heaven on earth. In the peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God, all the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not exaggerating. We are supposed to have tastes of heaven, days of heaven on the earth in our families. And one of the reasons that would be so is that you're actually experiencing the environment of heaven here on the earth. And it is possible. You won't experience it in its fullness now, but you will get a taste of it. And what makes heaven heaven is not the streets of gold. It's not the jeweled walls and the pearl gate. What makes heaven heaven? The scripture said you don't even need a a sun there because the lamb is the light. So when you step out of your abode, your mansion, and the light shines on your face there, you're literally getting a suntan. (laughs) S-O-N. Who is love. The atmosphere of heaven is complete love, which means there's zero fear. We've never been in a place like that. Not even close. 
It's, it's going to be wonderful beyond description. Hallelujah. Well, we'll enjoy the fullness of it later, but we can take, we have tastes of it down here in the presence of the Lord and in our families and our homes. It's supposed to be taste of this. Peace of God, joy of God, love of God. Do you believe it, saints? It's supposed to be that way. But if the enemy had his way, instead of experiencing heaven on earth, you'll experience hell on earth in your marriage and in your home. And sadly, far too many people relate more to that Then they do the heaven on earth. It ought not be friends. It ought not be. Just like you can. Taste of heaven on earth. Down here in this life. You can taste of hell. On earth. Because what is hell? Hell is not just down. Hell is not just flames. The atmosphere of hell. Is strife. And fear. And anguish. And death. And if you've got a house full of strife. You're tasting hell. You can have days of hell. But if Christians have it. It's only because they let the enemy in. Ignorantly or otherwise. Yielded to it. Let's stop yielding to it. Heaven on earth, hell on earth. You choose. Which one are you going to pick? Come on, help me out. Which? Hell on earth. I know a lot of folks nodding too much when I said that. You, you've had some. A lot of people in here have had some. But do you have to have it? Heaven on earth. Somebody say, I choose, I choose heaven on earth. Well, in order to have heaven on earth. You cannot give any place to the devil. And not giving any place to him means not giving any place to strife. In Mark 10, the Lord said, what did I just say 10? should have said 3, 325. Mark 325, he said, if a house, this is the Amplified, is divided split into factions and rebelling against itself, that house will not be able to last. Today's English version says, if a family divides itself into groups which fight each other, that family will fall apart. We need to take seriously this language when he says it will fall apart. It cannot stand. That doesn't mean maybe it'll be all right. No, it's going down. If it stays on this path, it won't be, won't be long until that family will not exist. The Living Bible says, A home filled with strife and division destroys itself. A home filled with strife and division destroys itself. This is the enemy. Said out loud, My spouse. Is not the enemy. enemy. Strife. Strife. 
is the enemy. See, what's the enemy's plan for your marriage and your family? To divide you, separate you, divide you, and destroy you. Does it work? Oh, it's, it's happening all over the place. People who were just sure they were put together by God and enjoyed some heaven on earth. Short time later, nothing left of the relationship, nothing left of the family. Did God change his mind? Many are yielding to this strife, not realizing what's going on, acting like they can't help it. And the more you yield to it, the worse it gets. And it is hellish. It's hellish. But it doesn't have to be. In James, the third chapter, James 3 and 14, we get insight into this. Anybody believing with me? Would you like to learn how to stop strife? Oh, that's too weak. If you don't care about stopping strife, you don't care about saving your relationship. This is it. If you can stop strife, you can survive. You can give God time. But if strife is not stopped, it'll get worse and worse until it's just unlivable. You know, I know some marriage meetings... They primarily just like to give each other flowers and say poems. <laughs> and that's nice. But then if you go back home, fight like cats and dogs, what good did it do? Amen. You've got men's thinking and ideas, then you've got the Word of God yes, sir. and reality. And there's no need playing games about these things. Do you believe... Every marriage in this place, in Sarasota and watching online, and there's a lot of people that will see it later, every marriage, everyone can make it and be successful and not just survive, but thrive, flourish, not just endure each other, but enjoy each other. Is it possible? Is it possible? Yes, but you won't get it by playing games. Little things that sound, little niceties, things that sound nice, look nice, but it's just a shell and a show. And when you get home, furniture flies. <clears throat> do it? Do we need to get real to get real results? Well, if you don't get real, you don't get close to God, because real is all He is. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts. Glory not and lie not against the truth. Uh, This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. I know the Lord gave me a directive as anything that was under my supervision Back decades ago, he he gave me a charge. He said, no strife in the ministry. No strife in the church. Zero. And uh, I hadn't taken it as seriously as he wanted me to take it. Most people tolerate a lot of it. And what he helped me to see, he said, I don't mean to hurt a voice, but he revealed to me inside. He said, 
Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Did you read this? Where envying and strife is, there's what? Confusion and every evil work. Does that sound like the manifested presence of the devil? It is. You can feel it. Spiritually, it's tangible. Have you ever come in unwittingly? And walked into a place where people were having a knockdown, drag out, or a bunch of stuff had been said and done, and maybe they stopped and hushed before you got there, but you can feel it. You can feel it in the room. You could feel it in the office. You can feel it in the hall. What are you feeling? You're feeling the manifested presence of the devil. And the Lord let me know in no uncertain way. He said, I do not want any manifested presence of the devil in my ministry, in my church, in my church offices, in my auditorium, on my parking lot. I said, yes, sir. And so I talked to the staff. So we're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. Can't. We want the manifest presence of God in here. Not the manifested presence of the devil. Well, what about your house? I don't need a show of hands to know that some houses have had a bad feel to them at times. There was yelling. There was screaming. There was accusing. There was cussing. Strife is evil. Strife is the environment of hell. That's what hell's going to be like. Magnified. I don't have to live in hell. I'm not going there after I die. Why experience any of it now? So what we must do is identify and stop this. Stop strife. Say it out loud. Pray it out loud. Father God, I know strife is evil. Of the enemy. Reveal to me, reveal to us how to stop strife in our life. Amen. In Jesus' name, show us how. Well, the scripture says in Proverbs, you ready for some more? Proverbs 17 says the beginning of strife is as when one lets out water. Therefore, this is 1714, I I didn't say. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Now, that's King James. Let me read the Amplified. The beginning of strife. When do you need to stop strife? What? When it first tries to get started. That's the easiest time to get it. Don't wait till it's been, you know, blown out for three days in, in the very beginning. The beginning of strife is as when water first trickles from a crack in the dam. Therefore, get you a pickaxe and hit it and hit it again and just refuse to to quit hitting it. Just keep on pushing it and keep on pushing it and keep on. If you do, what's going to happen? It becomes worse. Quarreling breaks out. 
It's like a dam breaking open. If you see a leak and you see a spew, you don't get a jackhammer. Right? You don't start chipping on it and beating away. You don't want the dam to break. So how do you do it? People say, well, I just won't say anything. And how's that going to work? I just won't say anything then. Well, there's problems with that attitude. Isn't there? The time to prevent strife is when it first begins. And you'll have to be strong enough in spirit to rise above your feelings, your emotions, even your logic, your reasoning, and follow what you have in your heart. You know, we're going to talk about a number of things tonight, but simply put, if we would all be led by the Spirit, our fighting would stop. Have you ever been in a situation where the discussion began to get more vigorous and something inside you checked, quit, quit, be quiet, no more, stop it. I'm not telling you, maybe you didn't hear all these words, but something was coming up in you. Stop this, stop this. But no. No. <laughs> You're going to have your say. And you're going to have your way. See, that's when it really starts getting bad. And then if they say, no, I'm going to have my way. Now this trickle has become a spray. And if this goes far enough and long enough, the dam can break and everything be washed away. Many, a good relationship in the beginning. I mean, there have been millions of them. Good relationships. People loved each other. They liked each other. All of it destroyed. Because they did not stop this. They did not get a hold of their self. Now, unsaved people, you don't expect much better out of But we have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Spirit. And we have the greater one. Inside us. And spiritual people. Don't have to act how they feel. True. Say it again. My spouse. Is not the enemy. We're on the same side. Good. Now listen to this also in Proverbs. I, I didn't. If you're looking for wisdom, Proverbs is a place to go, right? I didn't plan it this way, but we got a lot of Proverbs tonight. Notice this. We're talking about contention and strife. Proverbs 13.10. Proverbs 13.10 says, only by pride comes contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. NIV says, Pride only breeds quarrels. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Pride is the problem. 
Pride is the problem. It's the nature of the flesh. It's the nature of the enemy. Pride is focused on self and unaware of others. And pride is a deceiver as well. Obadiah 3 says the pride of your heart has deceived you. Let me read some other. I want to confirm this to you even more. Proverbs 28.25. 28.25. He that is of a proud heart does what? Stirs up strife. But he that puts his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. So when you're being proud and stirring up strife, you're also not trusting God. Proverbs 29, 21. 22, rather. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression, and a man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. What's going on? When you yield to feelings and you get heated, that's why the scripture warns us, be angry and sin not. Why would he even say that? Because the angrier you get, if you don't watch yourself, you're going to miss it. You're going to mess up. You get enraged. You're not thinking clearly. You're certainly not taking your time. You're going to say things you shouldn't say, do things you shouldn't do. Now, you'll be responsible for them. People say, I got so mad I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, but who got that mad? It's you're responsible for them. How is it happening? We've worked with couples before that were embroiled in difficulty. And you see this over and over again. Who's right? Who's right? Well, I'm right. Well, no, he's right. He said he's right. She's right. Well, who's right? Who's right? (laughs) Who's right? Is that the big thing? If you're, and you see people, they are just, you know, their eyes are glazed over. I want you to settle this once and for all now. Tell me who's right on this. I'm right. What is that? That's pride. I'm right. I'm right. Pride actually doesn't care what's right. Pride doesn't care what the will of God is. It just wants its way. It wants to win and it wants what it wants. I don't care if it's right or not. Now I'm talking about Christian people too. You can yield to the flesh. I don't care if you've been born again, spoke in tongues, can quote many scriptures. You can yield to the flesh. You can yield to wrong spirits. And you can get in such a way that act just like an unsaved person. Now you'll have to override your heart to do it. Because inside, something's scratching at you. Something's trying to get your attention. What's it saying? No. Stop it. 
Be quiet. No. I want to read something to you the Lord gave me some years ago. When I was preparing a, uh, a marriage ceremony. A lot of times, you know, people getting married, they'll have a unity candle or they'll have a take communion together. And they symbolize two becoming one. And this is something that the Lord gave me that I put in ours. This oneness is achieved not just by adapting to each other. These two become one. Scripture said these two shall be one flesh. And you'll hear people, even Christians, say all kind of goofy things about how, well, there's a lot of give and take. It's a 50-50 proposition. Is that Scripture? So what people are saying is the way you achieve it is continual compromise. This oneness. Does she become like him? I got a good strong no on that. Does, <laughs> does he become like her? You sure? How do they become one? How are they going to become one? This oneness is achieved. Not by adapting to each other. But by each of you individually adapting and being more and more one with the Lord. Here's the Lord. Here's you. Here's them. If you're becoming more like the Lord and they're becoming more like the Lord, you're becoming more like each other. Come on. Can you see this? We must constantly renew our minds to think more like him. And agree with him in all things. If each of you live in agreement. I'd also say submission and agreement. As one with the Lord. You'll also be in agreement with each other. The more one with him you are. The more one with each other you'll be. Now. The scripture actually warns us. About being unequally yoked together. With unbelievers. Why? Because by and large. It's not going to work. If one is wanting to live their life totally for the Lord and the other one does not, you will not be able to achieve oneness. The scripture says, you remember in what Amos 3, 3, how can two walk together unless they've agreed? One translation says, unless they've agreed to go in the same direction. Well, that'd be true, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're going to walk together, You'd have to be walking the same direction or you'd no longer be together. And what direction is a believer going? A real believer. Or is it the same direction as an unbeliever? It's not. That's why people are warned. And the thing that will stop strife in the beginning before it breaks out is to Overcome the pride of the flesh about who's right and who wins. (laughs) 
Now, now it does no good to hear this and go, that was a good message, praise the Lord, and then never think about it again. Okay, you and your spouse have had a few short words, and here it is again. You can tell the way it's going. You've been here before. What are we going to do? Well, I just won't say anything. And sulk for two weeks? Is that going to work good too? No, it's not going to work. Well, I'm right. Is that the main thing? They think they're right. You think you're right. The most enlightened among us only knows in part. True or not? The most enlightened among us only knows in part. Paul said, been caught up to heaven, talked to the head of the church face to face. He said, we know in part. We just, if you only know part, there's all kind of parts you don't know. So even though it may look so black and white and clear to you and plain, that can totally change in six months time. That totally change in five years time. You grow some, you learn some things. That's why we should be easy to be entreated. We should be easy to talk to. We should always be open to hear and to see something that we haven't seen. When you clamp up and you close off, I'm right. I know. You know this much. Act like it's true. Act like you only know this much. Be humble enough to be real. But the thing that will just stop it, if we have the strength to submit to the Lord and just stop. People are about to get into it. Husband and wife about to get into it. Just stop right there and say, Lord, show us. Show us what you say about this. And we will submit to it. One may be wrong this time. Other one may be wrong the next time. Both may be wrong. But it's not about who wins. Who's right? The Word is right. Come on, are y'all with me or not? Who wins? The Lord wins. Who's in charge? The Holy Spirit. Let's yield and give place. What's right? We should be able to go to the Word. Take everything to the Word. By the written Word and by the Spirit of God. If you just stop. And if you've already got too heated, you may want to pray that prayer. And then give each other some space. And let God work on your heart. But are we just going to yield to the flesh like two unsaved people and let our house fill up with the manifest presence of the devil? I know years ago when I was working at Brother Hagin's ministry and healing school, we were closing for the day and it was a cold winter day and overcast. The wind was blowing and cold and I was outside locking the outside door, getting in my car to go home. Young mother came up on the sidewalk and her small child in, in her arms. 
And I, I, I recognized her. She had been at the healing school before. And she came and, and tears were on her face. And she said, Brother Keith, would you pray for my baby? Uh, she's been sick. And I looked and, and boy, you could tell the baby was red and had a fever and was unhappy and, and fussy. You could tell she's sick. And, and so I said, sure. And so I, I started to, to reach over to pray. And, and the Lord checked me. Checked me. So I stopped. And just like that, I knew in my spirit. I said, uh, I said, dear, have uh, you and your husband been fighting? Oh, man, she just burst out into heaving crying. I mean, she just did it for a couple of minutes before I could get her calmed down. I said, so I, I take that as a yes. And she said, she said oh, it's, it's been awful, Brother Keith. It's been awful. I said, well, the reason I ask is because the scripture says in Peter, you know, if husbands and wives don't treat each other right, their prayers can be hindered. Does it say that? He said, you know, wives treat your husbands this way, husbands treat your wives this way, that your prayers be not hindered. Was that 1 Peter 3? Well, the enemy is always looking for any way he can hinder stuff. And if you give it to him, he's going to sure do it. I just knew in my spirit, it'd do no good to pray. Even if the child got a few temporary results, she'd take the child back into that environment. And that's the thing that stood out to me in that environment. It was easy for the child to be harassed and bothered. I said, uh, I said if, not, if not for you guys' sake, for the baby's sake, you've got to get a hold of this and stop it. She saw it. She said, oh, we will, Brother Keith. We will. We will. So we prayed. And praise God, the baby was fine. But the Lord revealed to me, in that environment, the child's not going to get better. Why? Because you've got a hellish environment. Well, in a hellish environment, you don't see good things like healings and restorations and, and deliverances. That comes in the presence of God. Heaven's atmosphere. If a prayer for healing could be hindered, a prayer for finances could be hindered. Now see, the enemy knows this. So people, they, they sow a good seed, they're in faith, they're doing good, and then they fight. And the enemy's able to hinder. Somebody say, no more, no more. No more. No more. Let's shut the door. No more. No more hindered healings. No more hindered finances. No more. Somebody say no more. more. It'll show up in your children's lives. You may think you're hiding it from them. But spiritual things transfer even if people don't know it. Even if they're not aware of it. Strife is contagious. You and your spouse fight, fight, fight. Next thing you know the kids are fighting. Dogs are fighting. Goldfish are fighting. It's the truth. It just why? Because your place, there's strife on your place. People that were feeling fine before they got there, look at each other and go. <laughs> if you don't know what to do with those feelings, they're real, and they'll come on you. But you never have to yield to them. I said you never have to yield to them. Never. 
Same thing is true about peace and joy. It's, it's uh, contagious if you want to use the word also. It's, it affects. People can be grumpy and they get around enough joy. They start feeling better in spite of themselves. <laughs> Who's right? Who's right? We, we don't want it to be about who won the argument. Who won the fight? Who was right? We already know who's right. We're not unbelievers. We're believers. We both have the same Lord. Remember, we're on the same side. Is that right? Jesus is your Lord. Jesus is their Lord. We're both submitting ourselves to his word and his will. And if we get to some kind of impasse where we don't know, well, well, what is that? Quit looking at each other. And ask him. Ask him. Lord what do you say about this? And if both of you are sincere and serious. That will be the end of it. The Lord will show you. You probably already knew. He will show you again. The problem only comes. When people get in the flesh so much. They don't care. They don't care if it's the word. They don't care what's right. They don't care what the will of God is. They're past all that. They're mad. They're upset. They're going to have their way. They're going to have their way. It can destroy your relationship. It can destroy your home. But if both stop and say, Lord, both of us submit ourselves to you. We submit to your word. We submit to your spirit. You show us what you say about this. And then genuinely be willing to accept what he says. Now people that have a good church should also have another level of help on this. If for whatever reason you can't get settled on it, your elders in your church. You should be able to go to them and ask them. We disagree on what the word says. The wife says, well, I think the word means this. Husband says, oh, I think it means something else. If you're in a good church, you should have that that option and use it. That doesn't mean everybody has to come see Phyllis and I personally. If their cases need to, we will, we have. But everywhere from the leaders in the Faith for Life classes and the team leaders and there's people and just elder Christians all through the church family. But especially when there's somebody in authority, here's where the rub comes in. If they tell you, this is it, you need to accept it. And this is the way we're told in the New Testament. Didn't Jesus talk about people coming before the church? If you couldn't work it out between you and them, bring them to the church. And didn't uh, Paul talk about that? Instead of going before the unbelievers, he said, you're going to tell me you don't have anybody in the church? This got enough wisdom to settle this? Well, you do. But the problem is, people only want somebody that'll side in with them. And that's one reason people keep changing churches. Because they've been in this place too long, they've gotten to know them. And they keep telling them the same answer, and they don't like that answer. So they go to another place that doesn't know them and shade the story a little bit. Try to get another answer. Tell me I'm right. 
tell me I'm right. Only by pride comes contention. It is the core and source. When you die to that and you're not out to win and you're not out to prove you're right, everything changes. Say it again, my spouse, not my enemy. We're on the same side. Go with me, please. Over to Proverbs again. And 19, Proverbs 19. And I want to share with you a little bit, as the Lord would help me, about some things Phyllis and I have learned personally that I know the principle will be the same with anybody. A lot of you will recognize it. But it's one of the most precious things in a marriage relationship. And we should make up our mind we're not going to let the enemy rob, steal it from us. Proverbs 19.20 says, Hear counsel, receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter end. Hear counsel, receive instruction. There are many devices in a man's heart, nevertheless the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. You can have a lot of ideas about things. But what you want is the counsel of the Lord. Don't you? Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 27, 9 says, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so does the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. And then also in Proverbs 20 and verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Two, when it's the Lord's plan and will, if you're not married, you don't have to be married to be blessed and satisfied. But if you are married, you don't need to be thinking about not being married. You need to focus on God's plan for you two together. And that plan, remember we talked about overlapping anointings and combined graces. Phyllis and I have been married now for uh, 39 years, dated several years before that. So we've been together over 40 years. And we've been in ministry over what, 30 of that, 35 or whatever. And uh, I, I'm not saying that to say that that's a lot, but everything that the Lord has directed us to do and shown us to do, He's again and again done it the same way. We talk, we pray, I pray privately a lot. She prays privately a lot. We pray together some. But uh, we talk a lot, having prayed separately. And uh, we'll just sit out on our covered porch or 
screen porch. We got porch both places. Need a good porch. Or in our living room or wherever, or if we're in the car. And we talk about trivial stuff too, of course, but but then we'll talk about the ministry. We'll talk about the church. We'll talk about recently, you know, as we always do, we talk about the future. You know, we're we feel relatively young, but we know, you know, 80 will be here before you know it, and the Lord sustains you after that. And if it's 120, it's going to come really quick. And yeah. right, it's uh, if you're going to do something, we best get to it. We don't have years to wait around, so we're we're thinking and praying about, you know, what's the best use of our remaining time, how to redeem our time and be the biggest blessing to the people that God's having us minister to and that kind of thing. Well, the only way to get that, there are many plans and thoughts men might have, but the counsel of the Lord, that will stand. That'll stand. And so I may get something on my heart, Sometimes I'll mull it over for a while before I tell anybody, depending on what the Lord says to me. Same thing with, with, with Phyllis. She might have something stirring in her for months or years, me the same way. And we talk, then we talk to each other about it. And uh, I have grace and gifts different from her. She has grace and gifts different from me. I'm going to, even though we've been together for a long time, we're going to see things a little bit differently. And uh, I, I may feel like I already have direction on a thing, but I want to hear uh, what she's getting in her heart about it too. And a lot of times I'll have something, but I'm not clear on everything. And as we talk about it, clarity comes. Now I see folks nodding all over the place. Husbands and wives, have you experienced some of this? If I'm trying to get my way, just do what I want, that's not going to happen. If she's bent on doing what she wants, that's not going to happen. But if both of us are after the will of God, if both of us are after the counsel of God, He's going to use each one of us to help the other to get clarity. And man, there's been so many times that, you know, she might say, oh yeah, that's, I've had the same thing on my heart. Or, or she might say, oh, I don't know. That's, that's different than what I thought. And, and just looking at it and talking about it, more light comes. And this may happen over months, even years, and then we know it's time. Time to do it. Time to step out. Of course, it'll be stepping out in faith. But every time we've done it, every time, God has come through. Hallelujah. You're sitting in it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Every time. Well, this is not just for preachers. This is not just for pastors or ministers. This is for every husband and wife. Isn't it? If any two of you. If any two of you will agree. 
as touching anything that you ask. It'll be done for you. But the scripture also said, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. It's not just anything off the top of your head, but it's having submitted yourself to God's will and plan. And if I'm seeking the plan of God and she's seeking the plan of God, he helps us through each other. Can you see that? Ephesians 5. Let's let's go back and look at that again. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness, loving kindness, tender mercies. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 5, this well-known passage of Scripture about husbands and wives. Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. The husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I want you to notice Christ, Lord, God is in every verse. Every verse. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. People read this and they see bondage. They see archaic. They see all kind of issues because of the blinders of the enemy. Oh, he has fought this so much. Do you think the enemy is okay with physical and spiritual representations of the glory of Christ in the church, being out in the workplace and at the schools and at the churches. I'm talking about you and I, our marriages. You think he's okay with that? He's doing everything he can to snuff it out, to quench it. But it's not bondage. It's glorious freedom. I am anointed To minister to Phyllis. She is anointed. To help me. Are you listening? We're anointed. To do that. Nobody can do that. In our lives. Like each other. 
the graces that God put in her, whether we've discovered them all or not, they complement me. The graces that are in me, they complement and fulfill her. Whether we've discovered them all or not, it's still true. Is it true? And if we allow it, and that's what the enemy is so concerned about, what he tries so hard to stop. It will just keep escalating. What's in me inspires her. What's in her inspires me. She sees things in me greater than I see in myself. I see things in her greater than she acknowledges in herself. Brings her up. Brings me up. Can you see what's going on? What we talked about earlier. I'm coming up. She's coming up. I'm coming up. She's, we're getting more like him. More like each other. Come on. Can you see this? And you're seeing it is a picture, a living picture of what's happening throughout the whole earth. The body of Christ is beginning to find out who they are and what they are. And beginning to come up into the full measure of what the bride of Christ should be. Do you see it, friends? You and I, godly husbands and wives, can be preaching. A loud, wonderful word without opening our mouths. Can't do it if there's strife. But we can do it if we die to my way, die to me being right, die to me winning, and submit ourselves to the will of God. Who's right? The word is right. Who wins? The Lord wins. He's already won. Right? Who's in charge? The Holy Spirit's in charge. So that's not me. You're not the Holy Spirit, are you? That's not me. That's not you. That's him. And do you believe if two individuals, a husband and a wife, are sincere In seeking the Lord, both of them ready to submit to him and what he shows and says is right. You think the Lord's not going to show them and help them? He'll never fail. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray over us about this. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Say it out loud, Father God. Thank you for my spouse. And single people, you're saying that by faith. Thank you for my spouse. They are a gift. An amazing gift. From you to me. And I am a gift from you to them. Forgive us. For yielding to strife. strife. Forgive us. us. For forgetting who the enemy is. is. And attacking each other. And And hurting each other. other. It's insanity. It's It's ignorance. ignorance. We repent. We We die. die To pride. We die. die To I win. I'm right. I'm right. 
my way. way. And we both both submit ourselves ourselves to your word, to your your will, will, to your spirit. spirit. You are right. right. And whatever you say, say, we will receive. And we will submit to it. And we will obey it. And we will do it. In Jesus name. And it will be well with us. And we will experience. Days of heaven. On the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Begin to thank him. Begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Begin to praise Him and give thanks. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we worship You. 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 Oh, we worship you. Just lift your hands and and praise him and thank him. Things don't have to be bad. They don't have to be like they've been, no matter how long it's been that way. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 The Lord reminded me of something I didn't say. Uh, And a number of people have done this, and and you want to repent. You've already had a lot of problems, but if you don't repent, it'll get a a lot worse. There's been a number of people that they, they said this, well, you know, whatever the Lord says, and then they come back and said, the Lord told me such and such. And he didn't tell you. You said the Lord told me just to get your way. Because you knew they wouldn't argue with that. You knew that'd be the end of it. But friend, that's serious business. Except for grace, it could be very serious. Prophets in the Old Testament fell dead. Because they said the Lord said and he didn't say And one scripture says, if you say the Lord says, and he didn't say, he won't be with you. He'd be against you. Friends, don't do that. Repent if you've done that. Don't say the Lord said, just trying to get your way. Submit yourself to him. And have faith. Have faith. If if you submit to the will of God, it ain't going to hurt you. It's going to bless you. You're going to come out better than you ever would have been trying to manipulate by deception. Don't you think so? Close your eyes again. Sit out loud, Lord, I'll tell the truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me God. (laughs) Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. 
For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.